Cheryl, for me, the most fascinating aspect of a difficult season was in your exit interviews, you talking about having trouble getting through to this team. Do you want to elaborate on that? Yeah, I think, you know, I'm, I'm pretty open. Um, I think with, with our media, they feel like family. Um, you know, I see them, you know, most every day. And, and um, I, I don't know, I, I think that people um, in the media that, that cover us um, deserve more than, you know, canned answers, more than, you know, kind of, you know, avoiding, you know, maybe obvious things. And I, I take pride in who our team is and what we're, what we're about or what we try to be about. And when we don't hit the mark, um, I think it's okay to, to talk about that. And, you know, that's, that's the, you know, very raw feeling, um, that I have about, uh, my, um, I guess, mark on this year's team that, um, I struggled, um, you know, that's, that's not a knock on anyone other than me, uh, to, um, you know, get to a place as a coach that I could get them to do what needed to be done. Uh, and I'm disappointed in that. I mean, I'm like immensely disappointed in that. Um, uh, I've have worked through every possible scenario, um, a million times with, with our staff as we spend so much time together, uh, going through the off season moves and, you know, the reasons why we did things. And, you know, at the time that you make the decisions, you're certainly, uh, all in and you believe in them. And when things don't quite work out, it's very difficult. And, uh, you know, for me, the disappointment comes from these things start at the top. And that's why I say, look, look nowhere other than me, Cheryl Reeve, uh, for uh, the, you know, the maybe up and down nature of the of the 2022 season. Uh, it's it's a massive disappointment for me, especially given that I think that Sylvia Fowles, not I think, I know that Sylvia deserved better. And I just couldn't get it to that place. And uh, that's that's what that was about. Oh, no, I, and I appreciate you, uh, you being willing to say that. And when you reflect on whatever you could have done, do you look at actual coaching or do you look at, you know, roster makeup? I think all of it. Um, we knew, you know, very candidly, we knew that we needed some things to go our way. I, I might have already you know, talked about this, but in the signings that we made, we felt like uh, we took a leap of faith in Angel McCautry signing. We knew that there mm-hmm. would, could be some challenges there. And frankly, when we signed Clarendon in February, she still wasn't healthy. Um, it was, you know, something that we vetted and, and we consulted medically and in both cases. And uh, I had spent some time with Angel in February. Um, I knew uh, that there was still, you know, many steps that had to be taken. Uh, I just have a great deal of confidence in our in our medical staff and. And, and you make decisions based on the information that you have. And, and in both cases, and, and both were, you know, we, we needed it to go our way. Uh, we knew that with the absence of Nafisa Collier, that we needed to have, we needed to, you know, have some players that could impact winning. And both of those players, uh, when healthy, would certainly, certainly do that. Um, so we, we put, you know, put some eggs in those baskets and then um, it didn't happen. It didn't happen, and that's probably the biggest thing. You know, Glenn and I have talked about. Glenn's like, "Hey, I'm right there with you." You know, I was a part of these decisions, and and you know, it just didn't happen. Uh, Cheryl, the coach, uh, I think I'm, I'm always very critical uh, of of things that I do or don't do. Um, you know, you from a um, schematic standpoint, uh, I always think that you know players don't do things intentionally wrong. 
Um, I, I probably have shared that before. Um, but we, we struggled to find cohesion in what we were doing. And it wasn't a case that we didn't have good people. We certainly did. That's why we were able to turn it around a little bit um, and get ourselves in position after a 3-13 and 13 start. Um, but I just think that, you know, like as a coach, if I could do it again with the information that I have, I would do some things differently, no doubt about it. Uh, but that's not how life works. You know, we don't get to do that. And, you know, you do the best that you can at the time, uh, X and O wise. Uh, we were we were pretty darn basic. I, I I don't think that we tried to do things that we weren't capable of doing. We were trying to do the basics well. Um, you know, we have to, I think, look going forward. You know, the lessons learned uh, in this and, and where we need to go. Uh, it's obvious that you know people call it an end of an era. You know, Sylvia was the last uh, connection. You know, to that era of Lynx basketball. Um, all good things come to an end. Here we are, and. You know, we we will look at things a lot differently than we have over the last few years. We've talked about the decision that we made uh, when when I met with Glenn after the 2018 season. What do we want to do? Um, the drafts look a little better going forward. We talked about that. We didn't like necessarily where we could be in the last few drafts and what that would mean. So we stayed the the free agency path. I have no regrets about that. Uh, I've been doing this long enough to know that you know teams that are successful don't have uh, young players. Uh, trying to to win championships that was never the path for us um, and it, it's uh, now in a different place now we have to look at kind of going okay we've got Nafisa Collier we are going to be an uh, uh, I think a very um, formidable player in free agency we have a lot here in Minnesota and we will absolutely uh, be involved with the best free agents uh, in the league and I don't know what that means and where it's going to land, uh, but I like our chances with with some top free agents uh, to to add to uh, fee. And from there, we have to look at and go, okay, what is the future going forward? What what do we want to add to these pieces? And that's an exciting uh, part for us. And so we will be uh, very educated uh, about uh, the draft, no doubt about that. Now that we're a lottery pick, uh, we'll need some luck to be higher than four. So anybody you know out there that can help us, you know, <laughs> think of something lucky. Let's do it, uh, you know, for the draft lottery. But you know, I think for for where we are, um, you know, this is very normal. Life is cyclical. Sports are cyclical, and this is the the start of a new cycle. And and I I, I actually appreciate those challenges. This is the Cheryl Reeve Show, part of TalkNorth.com. Brandon Morton is our producer. Thanks to Livia, Rudy Luther, Toyota, Cara Quinn, Successful Marketing Group, All Energy Solar, and TSR Injury Law. Thanks for everyone who listens or sponsors the show, listens to or sponsors the show. We do appreciate it. We recommend subscribing to your favorite podcast app. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at TalkNorthPod, see all the shows as they are released. Uh, you want to quickly tell us about uh, how Livia is going for you? Yeah, Livia. I'm excited about Livia. I, I, I met with uh, some some Livia staff recently. We did a promo shoot, you know, some video, and I kind of talked about my journey with Livia. Uh, but in that meeting, we talked about uh, some new product that uh, they, they would like some of their clients to uh, participate in trying out. So I'm super excited about that. They asked me to be a part of that. And, and uh, you know, I actually enjoy – a lot of times you do these things and you're like, ah, I don't like the food or I don't like this or that. Um, that's actually one of the better parts when I, when I kind of sought out, uh, some advice about Libya, whether that was something I wanted to partner, they wanted, I wanted to partner with them. 
I talked to some people and I said, look, I need to know about the food. <laughs> I like to eat. Um, and I was really fascinated by, by the program and the, uh, not only the taste uh, of, of, the, of the food, but the diversity of the products. Uh, there's, it was really, really interesting that you know, it's not about not eating. That's my biggest thing. I like to eat and, and just learning how to, to eat better. Uh, so I'm excited to maybe expand their, their product line and be a part of that. Good stuff. Uh, thanks also to Lori Ramsey of Successful Marketing Group. Uh, Successful Marketing Group has created and manages all the social media for the Cheryl Reeve Show. If you're looking for social media for your business, I would highly recommend you contact her at glory at successfulmarketinggroup.com. Thanks, as always, to Glory for all the work she puts in on the show and the social media. Uh, from from the outside, from my perspective, I found it you know, fascinating that you have gone through so many point guards. You've had some, you know, I mean, you've had some really good players who've been injured. You have some players who just didn't seem to fit or didn't seem, uh, has it been difficult? Has it been frustrating to not land on one point guard who can just kind of run the show for you? Um, I don't know if frustrating is the right word. I think it's just reality. Um, we've always known that when you, you know, the succession plan following uh, an all-time great like a Lindsey Whalen, would be hard. Uh, I've watched other teams. I've been in this league a long time. I've watched other teams, you know, after, you know, what Seattle's going to go through, uh, after Sue Bird. Um, it's, it's a difficult life. <laughs> Just when you've had one of the greatest at the position, it's, it's very hard, um, you know, to find footing, uh, until you get that next player. And so I think you know, I've talked about it in this way that you have, you know, you have 12 teams and they have backups. So you figure you got 24 point guards in the league. And, you know, at minimum, and you kind of go, look at how many tier one point guards there are. Look at how many tier twos or tier threes. And uh, what you find is, is there are a lot more tier twos and tier threes, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the tier ones are, there's not a lot of them. And uh, we're not a team that right now is experiencing uh, a tier one level point guard. But you can still be successful uh, by being productive. Lasia Clarendon uh, was a very productive point guard for us in the way that we like to play. Uh, the physicality that Lay plays with, uh, whether it's defensively or offensively, pick and roll reads are big. Um, and so I think um, each point guard that's not of the elite or tier ones, um, they all have something that they're good at. And then they all have two or three things that they're not as good at. And you have to, it's, it's a matter of taste. What do you like? Uh, and I think uh, Mariah Jefferson for us this year uh, is a big reason why we were able to buoy our season and kind of, you know, get that ship righted and and win. And we we had the same record as a lot of the top teams, uh, you know, in the second half of that of the season. We were, you know, a tick above 500 prior to our last couple games. I think we were 11 and seven, uh, and after starting three and 13, Mariah Jefferson was a big reason why. And Mariah gave us uh, probably. You know, maybe the first time now that I'm, I'm kind of like reviewing my mind who we've had, um, maybe even prior to Lindsay, we had a, point, a three point shooting point guard. Uh, we haven't had that. Right. Like we didn't have that ability. Um, Mariah gives you gives you speed. Um, we didn't play with great pace. I won't put that all on, on Mariah, uh, but we weren't you know, we didn't play with any kind of urgency either end. You know, we were you know, we were we were a very good defensive re- rebounding team like like we always like to be. And we just couldn't get that thing out and get early and get ahead in possessions. And so we had to really rely on, uh, you know, execution, which, you know, I'm happy to say that, you know, we went from a 
a struggling offensive team early in the season to where we finished as a top four offensive team. We were, uh, for a long stretch there, we were in those games, those 18 games, we were top two. A lot of mm-hmm. times that we said we were the first, we were the best. And people don't think of that when they when they think of the Lynx. And, and uh, especially when you think about some of the juggernauts like Aces or, uh, you know, Seattle starting to play better or Chicago. We were better than all those teams in that stretch. Uh, the, I, I think our biggest problem was that when the offense wasn't that good, we had a hard time winning games because our defense never reached a level of even being, you know, average, so to speak. Uh, we were the entire season in the lower quadrant of, of, of the league. And it's really difficult to win games that way. And that's what we found. You know, we, we had games where we shot 55% and lost. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, as, as you know, turnovers were an issue as well. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's one of those seasons that you'll learn a lot from. You know, there's a lot of things that happen that will stay with you for a long time that you'll try to avoid, you know, in the future. Um, but we did some great things. We really did. And I, and I appreciate our fans because they were right there with us every step of the way. I know it was frustrating, uh, you know, for parts of the season, but I know we gave them a lot of joy uh, for, for much of the season as well. Uh, we just didn't finish like, like we hoped. We really appreciate our sponsors, including Rudy, Rudy Luther Toyota. Ready for a women forward car dealership? Rudy Luther Toyota empowers their many women on staff in sales, management, and service. Whether you are looking for a new Toyota or pre-owned vehicle, Rudy Luther Toyota has something for everyone. Every vehicle comes with a Luther Advantage. Ten cents off fuel and car wash discounts at holiday stations, Luther Advantage warranty, and five-day return policy on pre-owned vehicles. Located just five minutes west of downtown Minneapolis, off 394 and General Mills Boulevard. And they're also hiring. Want to join the team but don't know where to start? Visit RudyLutherToyota.com today. You know Cara Quinn as my realtor. She just sold my house and did a great job doing it and made it all very pleasant. Uh, She now is running or transitioning to a new business. Seti Coley is a family-owned twin based home remodeling, real estate, and property management company, offering personalized service and outstanding client care. Seti Coley means seven hills and now to the seven hills of Rome, Italy. Services they provide, home remodeling, carrying out a high-quality residential kit, kitchen, bathroom, basement remodels, and other home improvement projects. Realtor services, helping buyers navigate today's challenging real estate market. Property management, offering full-service management of rental properties for new and experienced real estate investors. And they offer all kinds of wraparound services. In other words, this is one-stop shopping if you want to remodel, remake, sell your home. If you're a homeowner considering a home improvement project, CAR can help you evaluate the impact of a remodel on your home's market value. If you're a prospective home buyer, she can help you assess the cost and logistics of updating the home you buy. If you plan on selling your home, she can guide you in preparing your home for market, can even send in a crew to carry out the work, which is what she did for me, ensuring that your home stands out from the competition. If you're interested in purchasing, purchasing an investment property, Cara can help you find a profitable deal. And if you wish, can manage the property for you from tenant placement and turnover to property man- maintenance. Uh, thanks once again to Cara for everything she's done for me. Uh, we would also like to tell you, allenergysolar.com, longtime sponsor of the podcast. Uh, we've been telling you about the benefits of solar energy for a long time. We also want to remind you that solar as a home improvement project is a really good idea. Uh, when considering property upgrades 
for home or business, solar should be under consideration. Uh, most home improvement projects don't pay for themselves to the property sold. Solar pays back regardless of property sale. Most systems are warranted for 25 to 30 years. After 30 years of operation, solar could have paid back 300 to 400% of the cost. It will boost your resale value. Uh, installing solar panels is viewed as an upgrade. Buyers consider electric bills when buying a home. Average increase in resale values about $4,000 to $6,000 for each one kilowatt of power. Homes with solar often sell faster than those without, and you get 100% return on solar investment upon your home sale. Go to allenergysolar.com and see what kind of a deal they can provide you. Uh, you, Someone asked you about your contract status in your exit interview and said you don't have a contract right now. Is that just a formality? Is that a concern? How would you phrase it? Uh, I think what was said was this was the last year of my contract, so I'm under contract um, till the end of my of the term, um, and there we have had uh, discussions, Glenn and I, uh, prior to the season. Uh, during the season, I, I'm just not a big. Uh, I, I don't want to be spending time on that during the season. Uh, so we never really returned uh, to um, some of the thoughts that we had, and uh, it's I, for me, it's just a matter of kind of reaching back out to Glenn, us getting in touch and sitting down and talking about everything and, you know, his vision and, and really what, what does he see and what, you know, what does he think that the franchise needs and kind of going through everything and, and um, you know, take an audit, if you will, and, and figure out the path forward. And, you know, I think uh, I'm not somebody that ever makes assumptions. Um, I've always had a, a strong belief in myself and my value. Uh, but, you know, that's, that's, uh, you know, that's not always for me to decide, right? <laughs> uh, but I will say this, you know, Glenn, I, and I mentioned this in the, in the presser that, you know, Glenn is supportive and, and you know, there is, uh, there has been an offer on the table for months. And I just, I just never really got back to kind of uh, bringing it to a close. So hopefully it's just a, you know, a few more months and, and we'll figure things out and, and uh, you know, we'll move on from there. By the way, if you're listening to this as kind of a season-ending podcast, you're wondering why we aren't talking about more about Sylvia Fowles. Uh, our last podcast was all about Sylvia Fowles. Uh, we kind of wanted to dedicate one show to her. This is more about the team, the franchise, and everything else. And once again, we do appreciate you, you listening. Uh, do you have any discussions at this juncture with Lori and A-Rod, or is this all, all Glenn's deal at this point? No, I do think it's important that um, the way that the ownership group is now, where we, we're involving, you know, Glenn is, you know, making the uh, sort of recognition of when uh, that those two should be involved. Um, as at some point, obviously, they're they're to transition to majority owners. Um, so that's 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 a conversation. I, I will say that, you know, the the initial communication uh, around an offer, uh, they were a part of. Uh, I've not had conversations directly with them. But I know it was a collaborative uh, between Glenn and Mark and Alex, and uh, so they're aware, you know, certainly aware. Um, but I, I uh, you know, I think in terms of, you know, as we get down to the nitty gritty and really start to talk, uh, I certainly want to understand direction for the Minnesota Lynx. Um, I know what the direction is and what the priority has been for Glenn Taylor. I need to know what it is going to be going forward uh, for Mark and Alex, and I think that's probably you know, for their side as well, Mark and Alex kind of understand what our vision is. And so I, I expect that we'll all get together and go through that. And sh- should I be, let me, how do I phrase this? I, I guess I was a little surprised that neither Mark nor A-Rod was at Sylvia's last game or any of the games down the stretch. Uh, am I, am I, am I wrong about that? 
I think we are spoiled with an amazing owner in Glenn Taylor that has been present for the Minnesota Lynx uh, from the time that, that he brought the team uh, to Minnesota. And that's our expectation. Um, when I see uh, Mark Davis in Las Vegas courtside, despite his Raiders playing uh, preseason game, uh, he's, he's there. That's, what I, that's the expectation I have for our ownership. That's what I uh, think should happen. I think that's what our players deserve to have happen. Um, so to say that we're not disappointed would probably not being uh, truthful. Um, and I think those are things that we have to talk about. And what is their ownership going to look like? There's more than one way to do it. We just know one way here. Uh, and if there's going to be a different path, that's okay. But let's talk about it. And, and why is it going to look the way um, maybe that it has? And, and uh, what, what does the future hold with that? Because that's going to be important to me, for sure. We have a lot of topics we get to today, but there are also topics that we can talk about really for the next several months. So I'm going to defer some of them. For today, we want to thank you for listening. Once again, thank you to Rudy Luther Toyota, Cara Quinn, my realtor, Successful Marketing Group, All Energy Solar, TSR Injury Law, and of course, Cheryl's work with Olivia. Thanks again to our producer, Brandon Morton. Cheryl, for today, why don't you give us one final thought, and we'll uh, we'll keep talking about the offseason as the offseason unfolds. I want to give a shout out to one of your colleagues, uh, Jim, uh, Rachel Blount. Yes. Uh, uh, just well, I'm glad to, you brought her up. Yeah, I want to give her a shout out. And, uh, you know, I had a chance to speak with her for a little bit, but I just want to say um, that you know, she, she's got this, she's, she's strong and, and she's got a great support system. And, uh, I just want to let her know that we're thinking of her. Yeah. And just to fill everybody in, Rachel, uh, went in for, and there was, I'm going to, I'm going to mess up the medical stuff. So I'll try to keep it really vague, but basically there was a concern that she had gallbladder cancer. Uh, she just recently underwent surgery. It looks like She's going to be okay. Uh, the news has been good so far. Uh, there is a caring bridge set up for Rachel. Uh, you all know who she is. You can also find uh, many references to her on social media, including on my Twitter feed, if you'd like to uh, to send her. But but one thing she and her husband, Pat Borzi, have talked about is it is when you're going through this stuff, every mention uh, really helps. It helps morale. It helps your spirit. So if you can do it through CaringBridge or any social media, just give a, just send some nice thoughts Rachel's way. I'd really appreciate it. Of course, Rachel, not only a longtime colleague to begin with, but also somebody I've worked very closely with on Olympics. Uh, she is, you know, she might be the best Olympics writer in the country. She does great work. Uh, and I'm, I'm glad you brought her up, Cheryl. Thanks for doing that. Well, she, she's the best. And, and uh, like I say, we're all, we're all here for her. And uh, let's, all, let's all show her a bunch of support. Thanks again, Cheryl. We'll be talking soon.